Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with episode 76, and Andy and I have so much to talk about, everything from Hank officially leaving, to our boy Fost leaving, to the NHL draft, to free agency, so much is going on in the New York Rangers world right now, and we're going to try to break it all down for you and kind of make sense of it all, because right now my head is killing me and it's been throbbing uh, the past few days just thinking about the moves that the rangers made hopefully andy like always can talk a little sense into me but first andy how are you doing i'm doing okay it's been a nice fall weekend here we're recording this on a sunday morning i'm drinking my morning coffee uh freshly freshly ground beans and yeah, that's uh, like you said, there's so much. It's been a very busy two weeks for Rangers fans and just fans in the National Hockey League in general uh, between the draft, uh, between the free agent uh, frenzy starting on Friday and just seeing some of the the movement. We haven't no, nothing crazy yet, although there's been a lot of uh, it is pick heating up as of Sunday morning. You know, the big fish, the Taylor Halls, the Petrangelos uh, as of this recording still haven't decided where they're going to settle but a lot of goaltenders uh, have found new homes which we'll obviously get into uh but yeah just a lot going on and so definitely some head scratchers for sure and some things that on both of our parts have required uh, a little bit of research to try to psychoanalyze what's going on at least in the rangers front office so but yeah i'm sure we'll get into it yeah well let's first get it Let's get into, you know, Hank and everything. And obviously the news that he signed, uh, you know, a, a year deal in Washington, which, you know, it is a good fit for him. Um, I'm not shocked. Are you part of the group that thinks that Hank is like it hurts to see him in a Washington uniform? No, it like in it's weird. It's obviously very strange. Yeah. I saw the picture of him and with the 35 you know, obviously, I'm glad he's not wearing 30. Um, but 35 always was his number internationally. Obviously, you couldn't wear it with the Rangers. But um, yeah, it's and he probably wants to leave in New York anyway. But um, right. yeah, it's just it's definitely weird. But I'm just like, you know what? Good on you, man. It's kind of ironic. Ovi, no one scored more goals against Lundqvist uh, than Ovi. And I think no one has been maybe a bigger thorn in Ovi's side at times besides Sid uh, as 
Lundquist. So it makes sense. Um, you know, I had thought maybe there might have been some interest from Colorado and it just for whatever reason didn't work out. This is kind of logistically, it makes the most sense. He's not far from New York, doesn't have far to move, even if he's got to keep his kids in school. It's doable. He can, you know, it's just it makes a lot of sense. It's an older team. He's familiar with uh, Backstrom and Hagelin. Uh, they've played together in both the Rangers and international competition. You know, they're in their win now. They're a little bit older team, which I think suits him because he's been dealing with a bunch of kids for uh, the last few years, the last few seasons hasn't really worked out for him. So yeah, I just, it makes, I think it makes sense. And they were obviously a team that was, it just, it checked the most boxes for him. Um, but, but does that hurt that he's wearing a Capitals uniform? No, it doesn't because you know, listen, he's, I have, I, you know, it was emotional for me when they bought him out. I said my goodbyes and now it's just like, I'm just, now I'm just, I'm rooting for him. Like I'm not, I was never one of those Rangers fans, even when they were in the, them and the Capitals were battling it out for all those playoff runs. Like it was never like, I never felt like extreme hatred, which is weird. You know, I have always kind of like, I have like, Oh, I like Ovi's cool. You know, he scores, you know, 40 goals a year, always right uh, flamboyant but it's never like i've never had that same like islanders devils hatred even though they're metropolitan they're definitely a rival i don't like losing to them but that it wasn't like this hate there's not this like i can't believe he's wearing their jersey i'm like no listen he's not it's gone he's not a ranger anymore you know it's sad um but now i'm happy for him do whatever uh you know if if the Rangers if they meet, if the Rangers and the Capitals meet next season and Lunk Lunk was in in net like obviously yeah I hope they light him up but uh it's not it doesn't hurt like you know I don't know those it's because that's you know I think it part of it is just understanding that like he still wants to play it's one year deal he's just trying to get his cup and just let him just leave him like let him leave him be he's not our problem anymore uh. You know, I mean, obviously, if he if the, if they somehow the Rangers make it to the, the postseason this season and then he's Lundqvist is, and Samsonov are, you know, in our way, then, yeah, maybe is a then he's a problem. But right now, uh, just, you know, just be happy for the guy. He gets to show he's still got something else. He can kind of wipe mentally wipe his own slate clean. And yeah, just that's I just uh, it doesn't bother me, really. Which yeah, is, I know I, it sounds weird to say. I I know I jokingly tweeted on our official Twitter account, like you know the Hermione from Harry Potter's going like, oh, I have to throw up now. But more because it was just weird, not not yeah, so much because oh, yeah. I hate it. You know, well, it's super weird, and you know, you know, you do see on Twitter though. I can't believe he signed with Washington. Like they're not really a rival. There's three teams where I would actually be disgusted. Obviously, the first is the Islanders, second was the Devils, and third would be Philly. Other than that. Like, there's not really a team where I'm like, I hate them and I couldn't stand yeah. watching like Hank, like all those years when Washington, you know, really was like a powerhouse and we'd face them off in the playoffs. Like, I always felt like we were the underdog. Like, there was never really a sense of rivalry. Like, we over we overachieved against them in the playoffs. So we kind of owned them that way. And, you know, they, they were always fun to watch. And to be honest, you know, the only rivalry that Washington really had, I felt like was with pittsburgh because of the crosby aspect and crosby versus ovechkin who's going to get the cut first and i, I kind of was on ovechkin's side i liked ovechkin better i thought you know you know his you know big you know shot was always like fun to watch and Cros- crosby was always that you know that whining baby that you know that you get from all the memes and so i always hated like kind of pittsburgh more and which made me like washington a little bit so you know 
for Hank to go to Washington, uh, good for him. Yeah, I, I'm rooting for him. It'll be fun to, you know, pull for that team in the playoffs if the Rangers, you know, miss out. Like, you know, they're, they'll be a fun team to root for. You know, there's a lot of, you know, fun players on that team. Yeah, it was weird because on MSG, when they discussed it on their, their one of their panels they've been doing where they do, they live, you know, Valakat and Giannone and whoever they get on. And, and uh, Valakat goes like, oh, well, you know, if he's looking for an easier workload, he's not going to get it because I, I own a stats company and uh, Washington was one of the worst defensive teams in the league last year. I'm like, yeah, but so are we like, yeah. You know, you're going to throw low key shade, even though you just never would openly say, well, obviously, because you're on MSG Network and you can't, but that the Rangers were one of the most poorest teams. So what, you know, no matter what, uh, although they it did seem like they at Washington tried to add a few. Um, they got Schultz, right? Def- they yeah, Schultz and- it, it, yeah. Yeah. So who knows? It could get better. And th- and they're going to have uh, uh, um they're going to have Laviolette, who's a pretty good structure coach. So I think it'll be, I think it's a good mix. So I think it should probably, it was probably the most realistic option. And I also think it probably is one of the more enticing ones. Obviously it would have been great if you could go to a team like Colorado who, you know, right now, if you look out in the, uh, the West, it's, things are starting to even look like they're opening up even more for Colorado, just to dummy people. You know, they just dummied, uh, Sackick just got the better of, uh chicago in the in the sod trade for zadorov jesus that's a bad trade yeah uh, they, uh, they they gotta stop <laughs> chicago has to stop losing trades and in, involving brandon sod but um yeah and uh you know and looking at this season coming up like i think it'll be, good, be a good balance for hank with the goaltending you know uh i'm not sold on uh was it sam Sonoff or like how everyone needs to pronounce it yeah he was up and down for them last yeah. year so, but it, I, I, that's another reason why I think they, Washington was happy because a, their market has a familiarity with Hank. So they've already put on the full blitz of like, they had an inter sit down interview with him and he's wearing his nice sweater and they're like, Oh, you know, the, you know, so it kind of works. But, and at the same time, yeah, I mean, I do think Samsonov is talented, but he has been inconsistent. He wasn't inconsistent last season. It yep. wasn't exactly, he wasn't exactly Carter Hart who just came in there like, Oh, this is our heir apparent. Yeah, you know, and you know, next year is going to be another weird season, so you just don't really know what's going to happen. Exactly. Uh, you know, obviously, you mentioned I think last podcast how there's going to be a lot of back-to-back games, and you really do need that you know one-two punch in, in net. And you know, Washington has it, and you know, also too, uh, Washington does rock the red, white, and blue, so it's going to be you know not the worst transition as a Rangers fan to watch you know Henrik Lundqvist move on and play for a different team. Yeah, exactly. Um, so another one of our, our precious gems over the last, man, God, I don't know how many years he's been with the Rangers. It feels like forever. Just always, you know, bringing his lunch pail to work. Uh, the kid who did everything right. Um, you know, Jesser Fast is now part of the Carolina Hurricanes. This one, this one stung a little bit only because, you know, I loved Fast, you know, I always thought he overachieved in the playoffs. He was one of those guys that just always did everything right. Um, you can always rely on him. And, you know, now he's gone to a team that uh, I like, uh, that I don't like. And, you know, I thought, you know, obviously last year they knocked us out of the playoffs. But, uh, you know, Fast, you know, missing Fast kind of hurt us that, you know, series. And, you know, I don't know. What are your thoughts on Foss leaving? It kind of, you know, this is my it first time really thinking about it, really. It does sting. Um, like you'd said, he 
brings an element that has always been a little undervalued and underappreciated on this team, you know, especially at his cap hit. And when sometimes he was tasked at being put in roles that maybe he shouldn't have been in based on his offensive talent level, but he would somehow at least find ways to make it work. You know, he wouldn't shoot the lights out ever, but he could at least seamlessly blend in and, and help those lines defensively with his effort, you know, dig out pucks, get, you know, secondary assists and just not getting credited for the hard work he does. Um, I mean, for the player, it I think, and that's what we're going to, it's going to come down to because obviously uh, so many play, uh, fa- Ranger fans are upset. They're like, how do we not resign him? Well, for that for that price, that's and I know we'll get into that because yes. um, I have a whole a whole thing about that. But just for the player, it's a perfect fit. Uh, they play as you know, Rod Brindamore is going to love him as a player mm-hmm. because that's the type of hockey the Canes love to play: hardworking, heavy forecheck, just getting in there, doing the work. So his teammates will love him. You know, Brady Shea's already there. Uh, you know, he'll fit in. You put him if him him and Jordan Stahl on a line together would be real difficult to deal with just from as, as uh, pesky and defensive they could be, you know, so. And he could play uh, anywhere in the lineup. Like, yeah, he really is. You know, he really can. He can play first line minutes to fourth line minutes. You can plug him pretty much anywhere and you know what you're going to get out of him. And he's so effective at what he does. Yeah, exactly. Um, so like you said, it hurts to lose him. Uh, so, but with that being in mind, I guess we should talk about why we lost him. Right. <laughs> well, of course. Yeah. Okay. So he, so he signs a, you know, a three year, $6 million uh, deal with Carolina. So uh, the first, all right. So obviously the initial reaction to this is the Rangers didn't want to pay him that money, uh, which I think is absolutely false. I think the Rangers offered him uh, either that exact amount or if not more, but I don't the two, the three things I think the Rangers didn't want to do is one I don't think they wanted to offer him they would probably want to give him a shorter term contract mm-hmm. just based on how many you know him aging and how many players are coming in I don't think he wanted that I think he wanted a little bit more cost certainty and uh, stability uh, two with the amount of talent in the Rangers top six I think he saw his own his minutes were probably going to decrease obviously as they were going to phase him out or try to maybe flip him again in the near future. I don't think that appealed to him either. Uh, and three, even if let's say the Rangers and Carolina offer the same contract, well, the taxes in Carolina are nowhere near as brutal as they are in New York. Uh, the cost of living is cheaper and they're a team that is closer to contending and winning a Stanley cup than the Rangers are. So, you know, I think that just kind of put it over the top. And I think, you know, there was enough smoke about the Rangers were probably going to look to either trade him or over the last few seasons or, you know, listening to. And I just think he wanted the certainty and knowing that go somewhere where they're trading for you. So you're in their plans and not so much just like we're going to resign you just because you're you know good in the room and we appreciate you and what you've done. But at the same time, we still might try to flip you at the next deadline if things don't go. And I just don't think he he's he's tired of that. I think he's been kind of under a little bit undervalued. For a little bit, not that he should command absorbent sums of money, but I just think he was just like, you know what, I just let's, you know, like Lundqvist, it's just at a certain point, it's just better to wipe the slate clean. So I think for the player, that's why he chose Carolina to go there. I think it's another thing that makes sense. I think he's a low key dude. I think honestly, from a lifestyle perspective, he probably will be happier there, you know? Yeah. Um, 
definitely. Yeah. I mean, I take him as a quiet guy. I think he, you know, he's an NHL veteran. I think he's got respect, especially from the teams on the, you know, the East Coast and from the Carolinas, the Washingtons, the Pittsburghs. You know, it, the style he plays isn't flashy, but it's one of those, like you said, I mean, he's a coach's dream. You know, he does everything right. You can plug him in anywhere. You can trust him in any situation. He kills penalties. You know, if injuries happen, he can fill in on a power play. Uh, you know, he, he really does it all. And, you know, it hurts me because it, it is such a perfect fit in Carolina. And it just makes him that much better and deeper. Um, so I'm a little jealous at that, sa- that point. Yeah. But, you know, logistically, it just doesn't make sense for the New York Rangers to sign him. And, you know, he got three years out of it. You know, the Rangers in three years, I'm sorry, but where do you see Foss fitting in three years with the Rangers forwards that they have coming in, especially on the wings? Um, so I guess, do you want to get into free agency a yeah, little bit? Yeah, I think we have to, to, to yeah. really put a bow on why this happened. Yeah, and listen. I know, listen, Ranger fans, I, I'm guilty of it too. We get attached to these players. You know, they've been on our roster during some special moments from deep runs into the playoffs to, you know, an exciting series, you know, uh, you know, against the Capitals, against the Penguins. And we all had those good, good times. And, you know, we were there. We watched all of it. We know who the players that stepped up were. You know, Hank and Foss were certainly those two. But, again, I said yes, last week that this is a new era. This is a new beginning, and now we only have Chris Kreider left. I know. Uh, did you tweet that photo out with the uh, X's on? Oh the, uh, no, the, no, I, that was someone uh, like on a, uh, a Rangers message board I frequent had uh, just post doctored up really quickly and posted it. So it was a uh, yeah, basically it was just a picture from when the Rangers won the uh, the Prince of Wales trophy going to the Cup final. And every single player was X'd out except for Chris Kreider because he is literally the last person left from that team. Yeah. And, and you know, it's sad. But at the same time, like, Andy, there's so much to be excited about. And yeah. uh, so, you know, let's get into uh, free agency. And uh, what are your thoughts? So, all right. So Ranger fans right now are very confused and angry and upset at some of the moves. Uh, that were made or actually probably more so for the lack of moves that were made. And, you know, I was one of the people confused a little bit because you see all these other teams trying to do these low cost, even if they're not making major moves, they're just trying to get better in little areas. And the Rangers seemingly weren't doing much. Uh, And, you know, but with that in mind, uh, something that I don't think a lot of people were talking about, but it was, had been, there have been enough rumblings is that, the Rangers have so many players on their entry level right now and will have more once they sign Lafreniere, once Kandri, if Kandri Miller attempts to step up to the big club, uh, if Tarmo Reunion comes over. And uh, all those players will have, per, you know, they'll have performance con- uh, bonuses built into their contracts, right? Yep. So, and I wrote this down because there's a lot of dumb math because everything in the NHL salary structure is dumb. Uh, yeah. Basically, what? So going into the 2021 season, how much cap space will the Rangers have? They'll probably have um, like close to 20, 20 million, right? They'll probably have like uh, nine. Yeah, like 19 something. You have 19 seven. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll have 19 seven. So if you think about it, Lafreniere, Kako, Fox, Shesterkin, uh, Heedle, Lindgren, Gautier, potentially K. Andre Miller, potentially Morgan Barron. Uh, all these players, potentially Tarma Reunion, 
all these players will have uh, performance bonuses built into their contracts. What we don't know whether they will hit them, but if they do, they count against. I forget how much what percentage counts against your cap, but I think it's. Uh, I think it's yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's a threshold because they changed. They also changed the year that you can split overages to this season and next season, which is interesting. Okay, but basically. <laughs> that if let's say all those a conservative number of those players hit some of their bonuses because like you know you hope Lafreniere hits max bonuses right yeah and ELC is 925 uh that's an additional 2.85 million dollars in hitting his bonuses right so that's built in all of a sudden of that 20 million if like if ever if everything goes correctly then all of a sudden you're knocking close to like 13 million out of that 20 million you know filling it with performance bonuses for all those young players so that's a lot of chunk of change and then they also have to resign uh brendan lemieux tony d'angelo ryan strome or trade you know but um and who oh and and george alexander Gurgiev, all four filed for salary arbitration so now you're trying to account for that money if if you're going to keep them you you try to account for the money of if I want to keep this player, what am I comfortable with? So you have to build that into it. Uh, and then it comes down to like, well, if that's the case, then why are you signing a, which will, is a, this, I need it as a separate set, set, uh, segment on this podcast, but why do you sign Jack Johnson? Well, you have these spots in your roster and you have a, what is a 20? What's the roster limit? Is it 23 players, right? Yes. Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to expand that though. Yeah, well, no one knows. I think it's the problem, and they yeah. can only operate under the assumption, uh, the max. Yeah, like the max is like, yeah. You, they you want to be in or around that that limit, right? So without knowing if it expands or not, so they're trying to keep that in mind too. So you need bodies for, but you also you have all these potential rookies that are going to compete for spots, but at the same time, on the back end, you're you know still on that left side. You only really have. You know, you may figure maybe Keandre or uh, Reunion. Yeah, you really don't know what's going to happen. Will Reunion come over from Europe this season with everything going on with COVID? Uh, is Keandre going to need more time to season in the AHL? So I don't think, I think they, the Rangers, and probably wisely so, view their defense and their forwards as two separate situations, especially because most of their, the, the competing talent is going to be in for the forward position, right? Yeah. So yeah, after all said and, said and done, it's like, you know, it's easy to see why the Rangers probably didn't make much of a splash because everyone saw them clearing all this cap space. Uh, and they're like, well, why are they doing it? But then when you realize how much money of it is, it's almost giving them more certainty, not for this year, because, you know, you also have Shattenkirk's $6 million buyout this season, too. I think it's more, honestly, for just for operating costs into the next, into 2022 season. Uh, twenty yeah the twenty twenty one twenty twenty two season but yeah so it's like I obviously was like well they can I still and listen it's still only Sunday I still think they could be in on maybe trying to get a, a bottom six center to try to plug in their lineup somewhere so I wouldn't be surprised if like a Grandland or a, an Eric Howler or some one of these guys fights for a spot um but I think for the most part that's all you're going to see because I think they understood that with the they've been blessed to have all this young talent but they all have not you know their contracts aren't set in stone and there's there yeah you need to you need to be compliant with those buyouts you know or else it'll come off of your 
uh, I think believe it comes, you know, hits, you get take the hit on the next year's cap. And I think they want to, they don't, they don't want to be in a position where when these kids are like, when it's like, cause even this season, there's still a lot of unknowns, but I think by next season, they hope that it's like, all right, we know what we have in all these young guys. We know whether or not Heedle is able to ascend to the two C. We know whether or not Kraftsoff can finally make the jump. We know whether K Andre will be when he might step in. We know whether, you know, Tarmo Reunion and if he's available or a Libra Hayek or whoever is ready to compete for spots. And I just think the thought of not having, you know, not being compliant for that season and not having the necessary cap space to be flexible then scared them. And so I think in terms of why we've seen very little movement out of them outside of signing players for Hartford and and a uh, Jack Johnson to to plug in a, the Mark Stahl hole, it kind of makes sense when you think about it like that, why they didn't give Jesper Foss three years or why Jesper didn't take it, you know, or because I'm sure they were, he was getting a sense that they're like, they would still try to move me again because they still do have some uncertainty and so much. There's a lot of uncertainty in this lineup right now, you know? So, and you have now, like you said, you have four players filing for arbitration and you don't know what they're going to ask. You don't know whether or not you're going to want to walk away from the award or if you're going to just bite the bullet and give it to them, you know? So yeah. Why did the Rangers not do much? And what they did do was a little puzzling and, uh, I think it's honestly comes down to the fact that a lot of this cap that fans see as just open cap space, easy to sign everyone. I, you know, pencil into what you think you for fan forecast, but yeah, there's other things. There's other factors that go into the cap than just that. And that's why I think a lot of fans don't think about. Well, I, all right. So let me break it down for everyone a little bit uh, of who we got in case you kind of missed some of the signings. We signed uh, Rooney, who was uh, uh, he was the devil, right? Last year. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I actually didn't mind that signing. I thought. Yeah. He, so we signed him for two years, 750 K per. So basically a meaningless signing. Yeah. Is uh, Blackwell kind of just showed up on my radar. I have no idea if we signed him or not. He's a center two years, 750 K per. I have no idea if he, yeah. he could have been. These are. These are mostly AHL bodies, mind you. Okay, who yeah, can maybe come up. So, uh, yeah, again, if you're going to get just as just as a forecast, if anyone's going to get too upset, and like, it yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, just don't, relax. Don't shoot the messenger. I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't make any of these signings. Potato, uh, seven hundred and thirty-seven k two-year contract. Uh, you know, Long Island kid. Uh, there you go. Yep, Johnson, one point one million for one year, and Kincaid, eight hundred and twenty-five two-year. Uh, obviously, Kincaid. Uh, I like the Kincaid you know. signing too, actually. Um, so, listen, I I went back and forth in my head. You know the song uh, "Lamb Chops Play Along." Like this is the song that never. Yes. Ran. Well, I've had a loop in my head thinking about <laughs> these contracts and these players, and I go from like I, I I really do. I go from oh this is not that bad to wait why do we have these players to Oh, I got, this is why we got them to wait. We really got these players and it's just, it's over and over and over and it doesn't end. And it's not going to end until I find the big picture. And I don't think we're going to see the big picture for, uh, until next year, you know, because exactly. I, you're going to see kind of everything settled down next year. Listen, we have so much cap, uh, cap going into our buyouts, uh, almost 13 million next year. Between Hank, obviously, he's 5.5. Shattenkirk at 6 million. Uh, Spooner, oh my God, at 300,000. Girardi at 1.1. 1. 1. 
Um, I love how they just leave Richards here at zero dollars for the next like five years. Um, so it's the ghost of his his uh, phantom cap hit. Yeah, it's just to yeah. leave him on the website just to remind me of uh, you know uh, <laughs> the good days of Brad Richards. Um, yeah, and then and then you look at you know all the players that we're gonna have to sign next year, um, and you I mean you hit the nail right on the head. I mean all this is basically to prepare us for next year because you don't know what these players are gonna do. You don't have you don't know what kind of numbers they're gonna be putting up. Uh, and unfor- like I mean fortunately for the Rangers they're gonna have to play a lot of these kids, so they are gonna probably hit some of the. Um, you know, hit some of those bonuses just by default of playing time and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it, listen, are the names sexy? No. Are they kind of weird? Yes. Uh, does it really make sense right now? No. I mean, you can explain to me a million times the numbers. It's just, I think the names and I think Ranger fans were kind of just like, here we are, we're going to bring in a number two center. We're going to, you know, be better next year. And, you know, we got the, you know, Lafreniere, the number one pick overall, you know, you know, it's looking up and then all of a sudden you get hit with reality. And the reality is we're not going to be good next year, no matter what. We have too much money locked up into these, you know, buyouts. And, you know, we just need to kind of put together an NHL team to compete next year. And we kind of brought in, you know, the ragamuffins that are, you know, hit free agency. And we signed them for basically no money. And we have to fill in roster spots. And just that's just the nature of the beast right now. Yeah, that's extremely well said. And I think fans need to realize that, that there was this thing that, great, the free agency's here. So let's just uh, fix our bottom six. And then, you know, Lafreniere's going to come in and shoot the lights out. And, you know, we'll just flip Strom for a... To, to see we were more comfortable with or like better. And yeah, it just wasn't reflective. I think in hindsight, it wasn't reflective of reality. And listen, I, w- I was definitely guilty of that too, just because things have been going so well for the Rangers recently that I just thought Jeff Gordon was going to keep working more magic and pull things off. And like, we were, you know, but I just think the more <laughs> after watching this, it kind of realizes, yeah, you know, maybe, um, yeah, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't representative of reality. And I listen, think, that's also not to not to let him Jeff Gordon off the hook because I do we'll get into I I don't agree with every signing he's made. I think there are some teams that did made low key uh, better options out there, uh, you know. And I do think honestly, I think one of these signings makes the Rangers worse. It's not a, a tr- it's not a treadwater or placeholder makes them worse, and we'll get into that because it does need its own segment, unfortunately, because that's how mad I am about it. But um, yeah, I, it's just I you know hindsight twenty twenty, it's. I think, yeah, it's just so much good has been happening to, to the Rangers recently with Lafreniere. I think that people need to, or fans are going to have to at least learn to maybe pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, I think for the first time, Ranger fans kind of realized, and and, and this, is, this is coming from my own experience, that the world, the hockey world, is not revolving around the Rangers anymore. You know, I think, you know, now that the draft is over, and free agency was just kind of like a debacle for us in terms of like the names that we brought in, you know, it's just like one of those things that, you know, you have to realize that, you know, we're not going to get Lafreniere and just all of a sudden be a a cup contender. Like there's so much more to this. And I really do think that this is, we're going to, you know, regress a little bit this year and then, you know, kind of just like slingshot, like pull back a little bit and then explode where you're going to see, you know, the, the big signings and you're going to see our young kids really become stars. And, 
and things are going to work out. I mean, I'm telling myself this right now to make myself feel better, but you know, I think that is the plan. Like, do you, do you agree with that? No, I do agree with that. Um, you know, we've spoken a lot in this podcast about how the common belief is that the Rangers need to see what they have in their young players, because I'm sure they thought they knew what they had when they were drafting Leah Sanderson, who is now no longer a Ranger. I think they thought where Heedle would be at, although it, it's taken them a little bit longer to get there, what Brett Howden would be able to comfortably hold down a 3C, and that hasn't necessarily happened yet either. So, yeah, the Rangers don't know. You can't just... I think the Rangers don't want to just start plugging these holes with the expectation that Heedle's going to be 2C. It's fine. Goodbye, Ryan Strom, you know? Uh, or... Yeah, or that our bottom six, like we can now, who knows, maybe a Morgan Barron or Patrick Kodorenko is just what they need in those roles instead of trying to go out and get those, get, you know, vets or pay, repay Foss to kill penalties and, and, you know, do some work in the bottom six. It's just, there's so many, you have all these assets, but you don't really know where they're at in their development curve and what type of atmosphere they're going to need to best uh, hit their potentials you know so it's and, they, and yeah they need some flexibility and honestly it, they need time you know we it's i know this has been about money but it's it's about time and, and games played unfortunately and you won't know what you have until they play and that's unfortunate so instead of going out and making moves now you know i think yeah because i and that, it's just well, it it's seems like, like ranger fans wanted all this to come together now just because the Rangers were on some heater in terms of good things happening to them. And uh, yeah, it's just not, it's not uh, reflective of what reality is. And you got to ask yourself too. I mean, what kind of impactful player that's really going to make us better is going to sign a one or two year contract. You know what I mean? Like those players are not, they don't exist. You're not going to sign Petrangelo for a two year contract with the Rangers just so, you know, we can wait until we get our young guns back. Like he's not like, you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to get the established players to come here for two years. Like guys are looking for term. They're looking for money. Rangers really can't offer any of these, any of those established NHL players, pretty much anything. And you, and this is what you get. You're going to get your Jack Johnsons. You're going to get your Anthony Potatoes who, you know, basically don't really have many options to go anywhere other than to a team that's, you know, rebuilding and in a, in a transition stage. Um, you know, again, like they're not, they're not sexy. They're not, uh, exciting. Uh, they probably make our roster worse, but it is what it is. Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bulls broadcast where we talk about the Tampa Bay lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony? Anthony Nunschfander. It's it's N-E-U-E-N. It's Neunschfander. Anthony Neunschfander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know... I don't know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. Took it for two years? Oh, no. Jado took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was like asleep in all of German too. Oh, you, you, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take yeah. it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway and it was like me and I don't know, five other people. And all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible <laughs> class. No, 
We were in terrible, terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. Uh, I'm not going to mention names. I'm not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. <laughs> it was 100% not me. Oh, boy. I know a couple of those names, but uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday, only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Now, do you want to get into each of these players and kind of, because I, I want to hear your sure. analysis of their role for next season and what you expect from them. Essentially. Absolutely. Um, all right. So let's do, you know, obviously the biggest uh, signing I, I really thought was um, Jack Johnson. Um, what, where do you think this came from? It's one year, 1.5, right. 1.1 million. Sorry. All right. So. My initial reaction was a confusion, frustration, anger, because we just got, we finally got rid of Mark Stahl. And now, and yes, it's only 1.7, right? And it's only one year. 1.15. Yeah. And there's all this talk of like, oh, he won't play over, uh, he won't block K Andre, he won't block. I think that's bullshit. Like I've known this organization long enough and David Quinn the last few years to know that he's Jack Johnson's going to play. And apparently the reason he's here is because, uh, you know, uh, John Davison was his GM in Columbus and he is, you know, Jacques Martin was his defensive coach in Pittsburgh and the same old, same old, like, vet good in the room you know just down on his luck but like listen he's still there's things he brings that just are undervalued and just you know he just was couldn't live up to the contract i this signing in a vacuum paying 1.7 uh you know at one year anybody else in the national hockey league Hell, even maybe even Mark Stahl, because he was already here and was built into the identity of this team. Like I, I was like, okay, it's not a, it's not nothing to get mad over. My problem with this signing is that it r- clearly shows that the New York Rangers don't understand, or like they are valuing the types of players. Like Jack Johnson is not an NHL player right now. There is no not a metric in the world that, or the eye test, <laughs> a video footage of the last two seasons that supports that. He can't skate like Mark Stahl. He's been broken down by injuries. He he loses possession. He hands the puck over to other teams. He gift wraps it for them. And just based on past reputation and the fact that he went to Shattuck and he was a what third overall pick and that he's Sidney Crosby's friend and all this other, you know, antiquated hockey bullshit, he is now getting money that could literally could have went to anyone else. He could have got any other uh, young, inspiring D. And, you know, I think there's just this thing is like, oh, well, our left side's weak, so we just need to get someone who's been around the block. Like, fucking call Brad Park and see if he wants to put skates on. <laughs> like, and you know me, James, I'm usually try to take the, like, well, all right, well, but I kind of understand. This one is a head scratcher to me because, like I said, that for that type of money, there's plenty of other, uh, I'll, I'll even say disgraced former, you know, guys that couldn't live up to contracts left left pairing defensemen that could have filled that role who are still vets that you could have given it to, you know, and they gave it to him. I don't, I don't fucking understand it. Pardon my language, but I just don't get it. And it 
honestly, it kind of shows me that if Stahl was making less, he'd probably still be here. And that's the other thing. Not the fact that he was literally putting him on the ice was hampering this team in the last few years. It was just he just made a little too much and for them to finally realize it. So, yeah, it does worry me. It worries me that this organization is kind of sometimes too interested in because it, it was also you, they make all these hard decisions in buying out Lundqvist and Stahl and guys that actually meant something to this organization and to understands like that. No, that's not. It never really came down to the fact they thought that their play was going to hamper this team. It was more so like, ah, oh, just a little too rich for our blood at this point. But just to do this as a favor to and to because they're comfortable with it. Like, I want to see, you know, there's some I want to see this. This was the one that you they basically had one million a little over 1 million to spend on if they wanted to do anything this free agency to do something crafty nothing that would ever seismically change the alter the trajectory of the ship for this team but just one thing they could have crafted they could have took a chance on anyone else who could maybe surprise or exceed expectation and instead they got a player that that assuredly makes them worse when they put him on the ice and that's that's the one thing about the free agency that what the, how the Rangers approach this that makes me uh, furious and upset because th- this was their one chance and they didn't have any, this is all the play money they had and they decided to use it on a guy who just flat out sucks right now and so yeah that's how I feel about Jack Johnson I mean very well said uh, I, I probably don't have that much hatred for the guy I, th- I still think the most positive thing is his name uh, you know, and it associated with the musician who's got a couple catchy songs. But overall, Jack Johnson is not an NHL player. We basically just flip flopped. Uh, we basically, you know, got a cheaper Mark Stahl. That's basically what we got out of him. Um, and like, honestly, like everyone who said, you know, our left left side was weak. I would argue it's just it, it's not only it's probably weaker. It just got weaker. I mean. But then, and then let's get into Anthony Potato because okay. Anthony Potato is also listed as a, a lefty. And I would much rather have a 30 year old Potato playing the left side um, than I would Jack Johnson. I would, yeah, I would literally have anyone else. So <laughs> let's, so what are your thoughts on, on Potato? Because here, here's a kid that's kind of now it's kind of turned into a little bit of a journeyman after he had a, a you know, a pretty successful run uh, in in um, Nashville. Uh, Nashville and then got traded to uh, Winnipeg and, you know, basically is one of those kids that uh, has bounced around, but has always been a steady defenseman. Uh, you know, obviously his best years are behind him, but he comes to New York. He's a Long Island kid, Rangers fan. Uh, I hope so. I hope he's not an Islander fan. Um, no, I think he's a Ranger. I think he's, it, he's, he's, he's a, he put something out on his, that he's always dreamed of playing for the Rangers. So I believe he's a Rangers fan. Okay. So he's a, you know, it's rejuvenated, you know, this is, you know, his big moment to, you know, play at Madison square garden and, you know, knock on wood that there's going to be able, you know, that he's going to be able to do it in front of fans. What are your expectations for potato? Because um, I, I, th- I, I personally think, I think you'll get a good year out of him. I yeah. really do. Listen, I, you know, we, per, you know, personally, obviously you and I both, him being a, a Long Beach kid, like, uh, I don't know him personally all that well, but I'm friends with a bunch of people that do, did grow up with him and, and know him well. And so just, you know, you're always rooting for the local kid, obviously. 
you know, especially the coming home and get to play for the team you grew up for. Like, I love that when, a, a kid, you know, Adam Fox grew up idolizing, you know, Leech and Zubov. Like, I love that. So just just from the feel good alone, I'm happy about it. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, he is the type of guy, especially if you look at kind of the makeup of the Rangers current D, you know, he's he's a bigger, more physical, maybe more defensive minded uh, defenseman. Yeah, he's the type of guy that honestly, if if they gave him that Jack Johnson money instead, I'd be much happier with it. <laughs> you know, it's like he's basically there to fight for for that spot to stabilize the left side. Right. Yeah. And if it doesn't happen, you know, he probably goes down to the, the A and helps Hartford and is there. You know, he's been around. He's been on a few teams. Like you said, he's uh, the last few years. He's bounced around a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, it's. It's yeah, I, I like I think that's a that's a, a good signing. Like, and I think you know the Rangers do. I think the fact that he is a local kid, I I think that did kind of uh, was you know factor into it a little bit. And yeah, I mean, I mean, you look uh, at his plus minus. Um, you know, he's not going to hurt you. He's not going to really help you either. But you know, at the same time, the Rangers need a plug on the left side, and and tr- I'd I'd. I'd rather have Anthony Potato over Jack Johnson. I, exactly. I, I actually, I mean, I, I don't know where the two years came from. I guess, you know, you're paying them that much, yeah. um, you know, really doesn't make that much of a difference. And I honestly think at 30, you have him till he's 32. Uh, heaven forbid an injury happens next year. Um, you know, he's still, you know, serviceable NHL defenseman that will, you know, you know, be able to step in no problem. And, you know, he's, Again, his team that he went to, uh, Minnesota after uh, Nashville. I couldn't think of it, so I had to just look it up. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to have him on the roster. You know, I think it'll be fun to watch. It's a brings a, a new dynamic to the Rangers having another local kid. So, yeah. um, and yeah. you know, when you not to cut you off, but when you look at all these signings, a lot of this is about like the Rangers and their vision for the the Wolf Pack as well. Like, right? Because you we you have all these young kids at some point they're going to come through the turnstile and it's, the first stop won't be that won't it's not going to you know we've been spoiled with Lafreniere and Kako and Fox out of out of college but for a lot of these kids the the first stop is going to be Hartford so having a guy that's played in the show there to be a veteran presence if if he doesn't make the big club who can go up and down uh, if you know in a pinch even if he doesn't make it you know but the, he can log minutes with the Rangers if need be or he makes it, which is great, and he stabilizes the side. And worst case scenario, he's there to like be a good presence for you know some of the the, the young defensemen who might spend time there. Nils Lundqvist might spend time in the AHL. You know, Keandre Miller will most likely spend time in the AHL. Zach Jones, uh, you know, Braden Schneider <laughs> will spend time there. You know what I mean? Um, so uh, yeah, Matthew Robertson. So you know, having him there is good. You know, he's a guy, like I said, he's played in the NHL, so he's not a career AHLer. And he knows what it's like to go up and down. He can talk to them. He can help them manage their expectations. He can insulate them a bit with his physical play. And yeah, so it made perfect. That signing makes all the sense in the world to me because yeah. that's all that I just laid out on top of the fact that, like, also, you know, grew up a Rangers fan. That's a nice story. Yeah. And, and it, knows it, the it area. makes a kid, it makes a kid, it lets him go close to his family, makes him happy. Like, yeah, so that's a win win. So I just, yeah, again, 
I would have paid him more. <laughs> I would have, exactly. you could, Greg, you could have tacked on that, you know, Jack Johnson's 1 million and to gave it to Anthony and I'd be way more happy. Even if it, at that point it might've been a little too rich for my blood, you know? Yeah, no. Well, if he, if, you know, if they did that, then obviously you wouldn't know the Jack Johnson signing existed. No, but exactly, exactly. I think if they said, I would, you know, I would live in that reality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if I could just flash like to an alternate reality and say, Andrew, I know this doesn't make sense, but you have to be happy with it. Yeah. yeah. Presented. You don't know what the reality I'm coming from, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And you know, it's like, again, he knows he's familiar with New York City. He's familiar, you know, obviously with the area, um, you know, all the kids that he'll be talking to and interacting with. He can help them out uh, in terms of, you know, dealing with the lifestyle of, you know, you know, obviously the Rangers the kids, the young kids playing out of Hartford, New York City, Manhattan, Long Island. You know, obviously he knows the area and I can help him deal with that. Well, here's just not to cut you off really quick, but here's another thing that I don't think we even talked about. We, we're still in the the uncertainty of COVID era, right? Yeah. Jesper Faust, like, has a has a He just had a kid, right? Or, you know, he has. Well, he's got a family regardless. Yeah. And one, you know, that's another reason a place like Carolina right now, open spaces a little bit less on top of each other and congested more things to do right now is definitely I think definitely has the edge over New York right now because. You know, right now the city's a ghost town, <laughs> you know, as someone who's been uh, back to work for a little bit and there, it's, you know, especially in, in Midtown Manhattan and, and Broadway in that area, there's nothing going on. So, yeah, just something to think about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I get it. You know, the Manhattan's starting kind of looking like an Islanders home game. So, um, but I'm, ooh, yeah, uh, the call seems fun. I'll give him that. Uh, okay, let's get into... All right, let's talk about Kevin Rooney because I don't really think that there's much here to even talk about. Uh, two years, 750K. Uh, I don't really know much about him other than Gibby says he's a bum. So, <laughs> but he's a guy, I guess, that, you know, could play the wing, can play the, a little bit of the center. Uh, I don't have any expectations on him other than he's an NHL player and we need to fill out a, a roster for next season. So we have him for less than a million dollars. Uh, for the next two years. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I didn't know much about him. Like I said, uh, apparently, you know, he's been John Hines is one of his favorite players on the Devils for the last few seasons. Um, so obviously our, our friend Gibby thought he was a bum, but I then looked into the numbers and he's a guy who doesn't do anything offensively, like off- offensive play dies in his blade, but he's actually not bad defensively. So he's not going to hurt you. So from that, you know, apparently he's like a hard worker. He's like a Jesper Faust. He's like a zero calorie Jesper Faust almost. And so, yeah, works for me. I get it. Another guy who'll probably be spend a lot of time in the AHL, if not all of it. But at the same time, if he gets up and he can, you know, uh, he's one of those guys, you know, it, it's so hard for NHL tweeners to make much of an impact where even if it just ends up being eye test, so like you see it all the time, like Stephen Fogarty, who, is you know almost maybe you could argue is very good AHL player but just comes up and literally can't do anything in the NHL uh but sometimes these j- grindy bottom six guys who you know maybe they they can you know so yeah another makes sense i get it you know that it, it was clearly more about Hartford and just maybe some assurances and especially losing Jesper Foss it's like best case scenario he uh he can factor in somehow you know so 
Makes yeah, sense and, to me. Yeah, and with COVID, and I don't know if they're going to allow expanded rosters to, you know, carry uh, a few extra players just in case, um, you know, players do get it. Because obviously, you see the impact it's having right now on the on the NFL, uh, the you know NHL and the NBA had the the bubble, and that was nice. But you you saw what happens when teams travel, and it seems like, uh, you know, eventually, you know, players are going to get it, and you're going to need to to plug in, uh. You know, you're going to have to plug in your roster with some some guys that, you know, obviously you're going to want them to have experience and and he's one of those players. So uh, I don't mind it at all. He's 27. You know, he's probably in, you know, in the midst of his of his prime. So you're not going to you know, it's not like you're getting a guy who's, you know, 35 years old and and, you know, was somebody and now, you know, is basically hit his retirement with the New York Rangers. No, but you get Kevin Rooney. Not sexy, but again, we need to fill out a roster and we need, you know, players to play in Hartford, you know, that have some NHL experience because we are an organization full of young kids. And the more time they spend around NHL players, I think the better for their development. So, again, a signing that makes sense. And uh, we move on from there. Okay. Uh, the biggest one that doesn't, it makes no sense to me at all. And you kind of liked it. Uh, you're going to have to explain this one to me is Keith Kincaid. Uh, the guy yeah. is not an NHL goalie. I don't think, uh, we have Georgie, a restricted free agent. This is making me a little nervous because in my head, in my heart, uh, you know, every cell in my body had Igor and Georgie, uh, as my tandem, and signing Kincaid makes me nervous. I know they loaned out Huska for the, I think for the season in the AHL. Please tell me that he's basically a Hartford Wolfpack. Yeah, I mean he's a he's an AHL. He's a Wolfpack signing. Uh, well, actually, I would say that he is actually more. He's probably more of a Seattle Kraken signing than a a Wolfpack signing. But uh, yeah, he basically. But Gibby said it right. There's no way in hell that the Rangers or the Seattle picks up Kincaid. Like, no, but you need to expose. Uh, like, what's what, how many goalies do you have to expose? I well, think it's, don't don't we have? Uh, uh, let's look at it. Shesterkin is exempt, right? Shesterkin can't be signed. Yeah, George, so I think George I think can. you can't. Yeah, so you know you can protect, but you still have to expose. Uh, Wait, who's the French the French goalie that we signed? Oh, Jeff Berube. Yeah, I thought Berube was that guy. And now yeah, I but know I think he... you have to expose more than one. Is my saying unless something happened to Berube? Because uh, I don't see him on the non roster goalie right now. Yeah, I see Husko. Well, I you know I do I I think I think the range. Listen, so uh, unless I missed it, and even though they signed Berube, maybe he's playing overseas or they're gonna let him do whatever, or he's hurt. I don't know. But it for most likely, it seems like this is a, a signing just to be a veteran goalie in the AHL to uh, Adam Huska has been loaned out to overseas. Uh, I don't know what Tyler Wall's doing, but he's going to be their veteran guy. I don't know what's going on. Berube, apparently. Um, yeah, because the Rangers did sign him specifically with that in mind. But at the same at the same time, it's like I, I think you have you you can't. Yeah, I don't think the I think the Rangers would much rather have a Barube and a Kincaid exposed than obviously uh, Georgiev if they do resign him, um, or if they trade him if if the if an offer too good comes up and they're 
they're happy with maybe Huska eventually taking that spot or whatever. Uh, maybe they do that. And then at that point, you're going to need to at least have guys exposed for uh, Seattle to take. So that was my take on it. You know, listen, if he plays in the NHL, I mean, if he plays in the NHL, I probably won't be too happy with it. <coughs> Excuse me. You know what? he The money two year deal, uh, 900K per season. So obviously I'm not I don't care about the money so much. Um, but yeah, my I mean, when they signed it, I just it never really flagged for me because I'm like this guy, you know, this guy's clearly going to be the, the AHL veteran guy. Um, I don't, do I think that, well, I got nervous cause I saw, you know, yeah. I was like, Oh God, are we gonna, are we gonna let kind of let, you know, Georgie go? I, you know, I, there was a million things going through my head, like, you know, yeah. the flashes of the Rangers of old, you know, where they're bringing in, you know, you know, the old guy to come in and they're kind of letting go of Georgie cause they can't afford him for the future. I, I, I do, I don't know. None of it, none, none of the things in my mind were making any sense. I was just, you know panicking so uh that makes me feel a little bit better that yeah you know and that's the thing is that you know if i think if you trade let's say gary somehow got traded or they the rangers walked away from his arbitration uh hearing after they don't like the settlement like then brubay's your next man up he's your backup right and kincaid's your vet exposed guy in hartford yeah for the time being anyway so so i got a question for you yeah i'm kind of not moving on, but it kind of changes the subject sure, a little sure. bit, but I, I want to ask it before I forget. So, uh, during the draft, I asked you on your little, li- the live event going on, uh, live stream. I asked if the devils were going to make a move to draft. Um, now I can't think of the goalie's name who went to Nashville, um, Askarov. And the reason why I asked that is because I wanted to start the conversation that we we have Igor with the Rangers. The Islanders have the Russian kid, what's his name, coming in. Wait, wait, for us? Sorry, I, I just had a brain elapse. Say that again. Repeat that question again. We have Igor in Manhattan. Yes. The Islanders have that young... Oh, uh, Ilya Sorokin, yeah. Sorokin. He's going to be a stud. Yeah, be now, our, I, I felt like the Devils... Should have drafted, should have moved their two picks to draft Askarov. Because now you have, um, what's his name, Bla- uh, Blackwood mm-hmm. uh, right now. I don't trust Blackwood to be an NHL goalie. I just think the Devils should have drafted Askarov. Basically, now you have the three big goalies in the metro area. Because you know the Devils are going to end up in a spot where their goaltending is, is going to be, you know, is going to cripple them. Yeah, I mean... I, I did like what I saw at Blackwood last season, but it's uh, I'm not a goalie guy, so I can't like I don't know how his body language look because everyone remembers like Andrew Hammond going, you know, a obviously because we both have the same name, but B for Ottawa a few years back where he was on that crazy heater and he was stopped. Nothing could get past him and he's making like 50 saves a game. But, you know, he ends up being a, not a good goaltender. So I don't know if it's fool's gold or not. Goalies are very fickle. They can have one great season and paying them as off of that is usually a mistake. Uh you know, I think that's why there seems to be some, there was some trepidation with the Canucks and Markstrom, but yeah, I mean, and looking at the devil's draft picks, why wouldn't you, I would have moved down well, and, and took the goalie for my future, knowing that the Rangers have their goalie, the Islanders have their goalie. All you're going to do is get blasted in this market for not having goaltending, especially after, you know, uh, you know, you had, you've had 
you know, maybe the best goaltender of all time in Martin Brodeur, you know, if, you know, they had three picks. So I think I, I, they definitely, I think their first pick, I'm still agree with them taking Holtz, but I do think they maybe should have, if that was the case, try to have moved up with their second to take him. Cause I, I wouldn't be comfortable. Uh, Cause I do feel like with this draft outside the top 10 and yes, listen, goalies are weird. Um, you know, so there's never, they're never sure things. So it's always a, there's a lot of people that are in the, we do not draft goalies in the first round, uh, met, you know, mantra mm-hmm. mindset, you know, and hell, uh, what, you know, Don Waddell and, and what they're, the owner in GM Carolina, whoever their, uh, owner is, doesn't, ref, you can't draft defensemen in the first round, you know, because they're so, it's a, just a probability thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's weird. It's like, I do, I do understand why they took Holtz. I think it's a good get for them there. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it's like, obviously their goaltending, I don't think is as set in stone as they might think, but yeah, I, I, I personally can't say I don't necessarily disagree with it. Uh, cause at six, I think Askarov is who I think is very talented is very rich. If I, for my blood, if I'm a GM, like I definitely understand what you're saying, but at the same time, it's like, that's a, that's a big risk. And the other thing is that, you know, goalies don't come they take a little bit longer to marinate he's not going to come over for four or five more seasons whereas Holtz you'll get soon you know I think you'll get a little bit more certainty he's already playing against men in the SHL you can get him over maybe as soon as the end of the uh the year he you know because he's European he can play it you can put him in the AHL if you want you know yeah well I'm just saying that you I, I asked the question you both scoffed at me and I'm gonna have the last laugh in a couple years when the Devils don't have a goalie and they had an opportunity. No, that's true. That's very that's, the opportunity that's a, in the first round to draft a kid that you know p- could potentially be a goal te- a starting goaltender for over a decade. And yeah. uh, you know the Metro is going to be to your point, James. The Metro is going to be a, a murderous row of goaltenders if everything pan. You know, if, if Hart continues his excellent play for Philly, if Sorokin is as good, you know, especially in in a Barry Trotz defensive system, he probably won't have a big workload. Uh, and you know, obviously Sturkin is already looking like one of the best goaltenders. Uh, you know, coming into the league. So yeah, it's, it, you, you definitely don't want to be the one team that doesn't have goaltending, you know, especially if you're going to play the Rangers four times a year. And they're, if they're, you know, having Lafreniere, Kako, Panarin, Sabana, Jad potentially crafts off to deal with is, uh, yeah, it's a, it'd be a nightmare for them if they don't have a solid goaltending, but they, I guess they tend to think Blackwood is their guy. So hopefully, hopefully they're right. But, uh, I'm you, I definitely think egg could be in on all of our faces, you know, come, come a few seasons. All right. And I will expect an apology when that I will, uh, I, I'm, I'll say here that if right. the, if Blackwood is not the goaltend, the goaltender, uh, the devil's thought, and it doesn't work out for them, I will apologize. And I will hundred percent agree that all my work is for naught, and that you, James are the real draft guru. All right. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> for the 2020 draft for the 2020 and, oh, yeah only the and, 2020 I'm, draft. and i'm writing this on the back of my eyelids right now so i will never you'll, you'll be reminded every day every night when i go to sleep i will be reminded that uh you know that soon andy will have egg on his face for scoffing at me the fact that <laughs> devils didn't draft a goaltender in the first round when they're gonna need one um okay so i guess you want to end on a positive note yeah okay uh, you know, we're at the hour mark, but uh, I, I kind of want you to uh, give us what right now a projection of what the Rangers lineup will be now that we got our, our new baby boy in Lafreniere and, you know, what the, the Rangers, you know, couple top lines are going to look like. Well, 
uh, you know, obviously Lafreniere is going to slot right in. Uh, I there is obviously there's a chance that he most likely does start on like the third line all because that's David Quinn's thing. But um, yeah, I mean, if he starts there, I don't think fans should freak out because it won't be for long. Well, he's not going to play mean, on the first line. No, like that's already uh, you know. we already have that like taken care of. Yeah, I mean, listen, who know? There's still time. We don't know if one of you know, you don't know what what happens to Strom. You don't know what happens with Buchnevich because mm-hmm. these are two guys that could potentially not be here even when the season starts. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, Lafreniere, uh, oh, happy birthday to Alexi Lafreniere. He just turned 19 today. It's on Sunday. Um, so he, no one's coming into a better situation than him. He'll be one. He's an older birthday, so he'll be one of. He'll be a little bit. He's more mature. He's been working out, you know, and just working out on the ice and resting and be getting ready, gearing up for his first season in the national hockey league. So he's going to hit the ground running. Uh, he's going, you know, he's not going to be tired from, you know, like Kako was from playing literally nonstop hockey for, t- you know, two years going into his draft between summer tournaments and world championships and uh, NHL training camp at Traverse city and all that. So yeah, he's just got, get has been getting his body ready and his game working on his game. So uh, he should hit the ground running. I most likely suspect if, if Kreider, Buchnevich, and Zibanejad are, are, are all still here, uh, I, s- I assume that on opening night, it's that KZB line is top line. Uh, Panarin has obviously got that second line uh, anchored by himself, whoever you put with them. Uh, it will be interesting to see. I don't know what, you know, there was talk. It's funny. They weren't talking to Lafreniere. There was some talk about him playing center. He said he's something he'd like to do if possible, which is very strange for them to make a point to do that. Um, listen, the kid's clearly talented enough. I personally think, um, that, you know, he's had the most success on the wing. I don't know why you, you know, and especially we've talked on this podcast before about, you know, Panarin drives the line from the wing. And if you're elite talent or kind of positional as hockey anyway, just put him with someone who's good. If you have someone who's good at face-offs, but doesn't, is not good at carrying the puck up the ice, then let him, let the guy who's good at face-off take the face-off and then let Lafreniere carry the puck up the ice. doesn't matter if he's on the, whatever side he's on. So but in terms of how the the lines will look, um, I'm going to say it'll be pro- most likely they're going to start Lafreniere on the on the uh, third line, and then if he does eventually move up, I assume a guy like Kreider, I could definitely see maybe switching to the overside or jumping down, or if let's say Kako still struggles, then him, you know, hell, even Buchnevich at times has been hasn't always been Quinn's favorite player, although he seems to have earned some more consistency, but uh, yeah, I think some combination of, you know, Panarin and top six being Panarin, Strom, if he's still here, Heedle, if Strom is gone and you don't have a better option, Kako, and then a top line of, um, you know, Mika in the middle with one of, uh, you know, with Kreider and Buchnevich riding shotgun. But at the same time, you know, I, out of the gate, they seemed to give Kako minutes last year and it would, then they moved him down. So, who knows, you know, his pedigree, if he's in training camp and he just looks every bit the part already and it looks like they're, you know, they're definitely going to be more comfortable with his defensive game than they were Kaka. So I don't think they'll worry so much about that. Who knows? Maybe they do gift him top line minutes. You know, it's I, I'm actually kind of not sure. You know, it's uh, Rangers never been in this position. Uh, it's a little bit different from Kako. He's definitely going to be more acclimated and ready for the rigors of NHL hockey. You know, he's more 
you know, Kako's always been big, but he wasn't exactly filled out. You know, Lafreniere comes in a bit more mature than Kako was, you know, a bit more used to playing on North American ice and yeah, with a, obviously a higher uh, caliber of prospects. So I think he should hit the ground running and it wouldn't, it's weird. It wouldn't, as much as it wouldn't surprise me to see him start in the first line, it also wouldn't surprise me to see him start on the uh, third line. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much expectation for, uh, you know, it, you know where he is in the lineup. Uh, the only thing, you know, I think is, I, I think no matter where you plug him in, I think there's, there's, um, you know, education to be had. You know, uh, if he plays with some of the younger guys, I, I think that you know it'll, it'll be fun to watch him develop a little chemistry with, with the youth, and then you know if he does end up on that top line, you know, I mean, geez, him and Mika playing on the same line, I feel like you know that'll just be explosive. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, Mika Zibanejad is going to be driving that offense, but, you know, you plug him in with his ability to, you know, you know, control the puck and be crafty and, and, and creative in the offensive zone. Uh, Mika always ends up to be in a, you know, puts himself in a scoring spot. You know, it'll be fun to watch those two uh, explosive players, you know, feed off of each other. Um, my last question before we kind of, sure. you know, wrap, wrap it up. Do you think Lafreniere, and we'll get into this all next week when we cover the entire draft, but Lafreniere, do you see him, his explosiveness? I mean, we all see the videos and all the, all the highlights. Do you really see that carrying over year one in the NHL? Um, you know, he is, it's like, I, you can't even call it a weakness, but you, if you had to pick nitpick his game, you could say that, you know, he, he's not, you know, he doesn't, he's not a burner. Uh, he, when he, he's a powerful, he's got a powerful stride. So when he gets going, he can get a top speed and especially when he exploits, but he's not a guy who's got like the three-step quickness to like just blow away past people. But if he can get a little, if he can wind it up a bit, he can quickly, you know, his whole thing though, is that he's very good at, uh, he's just, he's got uh, some of the best hands I've ever seen, which is great. Uh, and he's very good at, he's just very good at using all his skills in, in, con, in like concert together, uh, to exploit gaps and like put pucks through tight spots and operate in, in like through players, you know, well, he's that's very good. I, good I mean, he, yeah, he, and, he explodes through those little holes, like coming out of the corner and stuff like that along the boards. And, you know, he's so good at positioning his body to protect the puck. And then, you know, his hands are, he's so gifted with his hands that he f- always finds a way to get through those little tight little spaces. And I really do think, you know, you know, playing top lines with some, you know, NHL players and, and he, if he develops a little bit of chemistry, even with Mika and he's playing the wing, I think those two can be really fun to watch. Well, and that's, you know, the good thing about Mika is that, you know, Mika is a goal scorer and yes, yes, obviously Mika, because like most uh, elite players is a good playmaker too, but Mika is primarily a goal scorer who is also a good playmaker. And I'd say Lafreniere is primarily a playmaker who was also a good goal scorer because Lafreniere has got a hell of a wrist shot. It's really underrated. People don't really understand, you know, and as he, I think it's going to get even scarier as he gets stronger and bigger because his release is already pretty powerful. And like, it's just the fact that he's still primarily a, a, you know, a, he's primarily a playmaker because I don't think I've seen anyone in a while who he is so good at making plays into the slot and finding trailers and depth little uh, passes like, you know, with purpose to find guys, you know, because he'll do that thing where he'll like bear in on goal and then he maybe will quickly curl out and just hit a trailer with like a perfect seeing eye pass like right into the slot. 
you know, over yeah. sticks through legs because, yeah, he just he clock on his way up the ice. He clocks his trailers and guys who are coming in and he can find guys and he could he can double clutch on his on his passes, which is a really just innate thing that you like Fox is Adam Fox is pretty good at it, too. But you either have it or you don't. That's not that's not just something that you can just do. You know what I mean? So he can he can look to like in a split second, he can look to see, do I have a pass? No, that's fine. So fake pump fast, uh, you know, he'll fake a like a pump of fake to pass across the seam to pull, to pull uh, defenders up a little bit. And now that lane is open and quickly just wire it to the guy coming in the slot and, you know, then scoring chance. And yeah, we'll get into this when we break down every art in the draft next week, but just, you know, that's the beauty of this guy is that, he doesn't have this one thing that he relies on, like a skating, like a Hughes or, you know, the uh, puck production of a Kako, but he's so good in every area and he just parlays it all into this one beautiful package and that he's the best problem solver I've seen in a long time, as uh, I think Will Scouch put it, in that he gets around guys without having to do all this, you know, with, in a way that's not flashy because he just understands in the moment what is the best thing I can use my skill set to put a puck advance around an opponent and get to a scoring chance? And it's different every time. It's either he pulls up or he does this or that. But that type, yeah, he has that creativity and that vision to do that. And the yeah. hands, obviously, which are which are crazy. But like I said, we'll get into it. We'll 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 go next. This was a little bit more of a head scratcher. Just talk people off the ledge episode next week when we break down uh, everyone the Rangers drafted in the the draft will definitely it'll be more sunshine and rainbows yeah so you're gonna want to tune into it i mean obviously lafreniere we're very high on uh some of the other players i i need to do some more research um a couple head scratchers for me uh but you know you know it's gonna be a fun episode i mean our we already penciled lafreniere on the first line playing with mika and having 100 points next season so probably (laughs) not gonna want to miss uh next week so um all right so everyone Stay calm, stay focused. It's confusing. I know you're going to go through a lot of ups and downs mentally thinking about all these signings, but just know that no one got any term. We're not married to any of these players. Uh, You know, it could be one more year, really, and it's going to be a healthy year for our youth to get experience. So don't worry about, you know, some of the baggage that we took on. I think it's all good for the long term and you should still be excited. And next week we'll be a little bit more positive talking about all the players that the Rangers drafted in the 2020 NHL draft. Still don't like Jack Johnson though. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.